Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Happy New Year, all you movie fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. This is our first episode of 2016, folks, and I can't think of a better way to start out the year than talking about some of the great movies released during the past 12 months. Happily, three of our favorite critics are here to share their picks for the top 10 films of 2015. Unfortunately, the mad movie man, A.J. Hockery, won't be able to be with us, so we're sending him extra special good vibes to get feeling better real soon. And I have extended the show to 60 minutes to make sure we have time to hear all about our guests' choices. I'm so glad that Richard Jack Smith, Diana Sanger, and James Cold Harrison have agreed to join us. They all have a passion for movies and not afraid to share their opinions, not a bit shy about sharing their opinions. Richard, author of Incidental Gold, reviews films and soundtracks for Real Talk Movie Reviews. Diana is the founder of Classic Movie Guide and serves as entertainment editor for San Diego's East County Gazette. And James, our favorite film historian and former premier film critic for the La Jolla Village News, contributes to various sites, including Classic Movie Guide and Review Express. So it's my pleasure to bring our distinguished guests on right now. Ladies first, as usual. Diana, Happy New Year, and welcome back to Movie Addict Headquarters. It's a pleasure to be here, Betty Jo. Thank you. Well, as as always, I'm very happy when you're here, Diana, and I'm also happy that your San Diego colleague is with us again. James, are you ready to talk about the top ten movies of 2015? Uh, I think so. I don't think we can talk for 60 minutes, but, you know, we can <laughs> fill in. We can make up stories and things. <laughs> well, we're great. We're great at filling in and making up stories, James. <laughs> I think, and it it's always fun when you're when you're with us. And the same goes for our third guest, uh, Richard. Thanks for being on our show again today, and all the way from Wales. Always a pleasure, Betty Jo. Well, we love having you as a guest too, Richard. And uh, now that the gang's all here, except for uh, the Mad Movie Man. Let's get started with our discussion about last year's top ten films. I have a hunch <laughs> there will be some major um, differences, and uh, I, can, I can hardly wait to, to see what they, what they are. So, James, why don't you start out by sharing your 2015 top ten films list with us now? Oh, gosh, I knew you'd call on me first. Well, sure. <laughs> Of course, I don't it's have a, any. It's a tradition. It's a tradition. Okay. <laughs> I don't have any top ten. Anyway, I'll make them up. Yes, you do. Okay. Uh, do you want me to list them all at once? Well, yes, just uh, uh, so we can see, um, you know, the titles and uh, perhaps why, you know, briefly why you why they're on your list, and then we'll we'll call on uh, on the other on our other two guests to do the same with their lists. And then we'll go on and talk about uh, the other extreme, maybe the movies that are most <laughs> disappointing to you from last year. So okay. uh, just uh, you know, give us the name of your names of the movies that you uh, have put in your top ten list and why. Okay, uh, I've got Carol on the list. It's because I'm in love with Kate Blanchett. I have <laughs> good reason. <laughs> I have spotlight on my. List because I'm in love with Mark Ruffalo. Let's spread it around. Uh, uh-huh. I have I have truth because again I'm in love with Kate Blanchett. 
I have le- legend because I think I could be in love with Tom Hardy, but I'm not sure. Uh, he's a he's a really good actor. I have Brooklyn because I I, I adore Sh- uh, Shirsha Ronan. Uh, Trumbo because I think Brian Cranston was terrific in the movie. The Martian, which again I thought was a comedy like the Golden Globes, because it's very funny. <laughs> It's very funny. Uh, the Danish girl, which is more serious, and Eddie Redmayne taking on another tough role and, you know, coming out in flying colors. Uh, the Revenant I put on there because Leonardo DiCaprio uh, did a really good job. I'm not so sure about the movie. It didn't really, it's not really my taste, but I thought it was beautifully done. And Concussion. With Will Smith, who does the best job I've ever seen him do. Oh, he yes, I I, I agree, and uh, that's a great list, James. I'm going to read through it again right. to make sure I have it I have it recorded correctly. You have Carol, okay. Spotlight, Truth, Legend, Brooklyn, Trumbo, The Martian, The Danish Girl, The Revenant. Concussion, and you're really, really, really in love with Kate Blanchett. I yes, I am. Yes, I do love that her. Is, that's a great. That's a great list. Let's see if Richard agrees. Richard agrees uh, with you. Um, Richard, what are your top ten uh, movies oh, of 2015? Go ahead. At number ten, I know I'm going to get some hate mail for this one. At number ten, this is my. Often this is where I put my guilty pleasure pick, um, and I'll um, explain in a minute with a little tiny poem, Fifty Shades of Grey. I know, feel free to laugh, but I really enjoyed this. This, I know it's folder, or I know that Jamie Dorn, I'm sorry, Dornan, cannot act, but I, I enjoyed it. It was a trifle, and, uh, and if I may, just briefly, just read a little poem that I've written about it, entitled Harsh Love. Here it goes. The novelty of grey, a character that loves to play. Enter his den, he's not like other men. Solving the riddle of steel, the latter hesitates in making a deal. She wants to connect, and offer her companion one accept. She's there for affection, while he takes the opposite direction. Eventually the tide will turn, leading to happiness or heartburn. <laughs> So that's number ten, Fifty Shades of Grey. I know it that's was derided great. by Chris. Probably. That was very funny, Richard. I love that. That was ex- excellent, excellent. But you're you're off the hook on that just because of the poem. Oh, I thought that would sit well. Yes. So at number nine, uh, this one is actually on YouTube. It's a short film entitled Predator Dark Ages. Uh, it's 27 minutes long. And we see, uh, I call him Dreadlock Crabface, that's the predator, Dreadlock Crabface going up against Templar Knights and a Saracen. And it was made for like, oh, £13,000. And the writer-director, James Bush, it just delivers plenty of suspense. And it, it, it just works. And, and, and I've seen it maybe uh, several on several occasions uh, throughout last year and just highly recommend it. No big names. And it's, like I said, it's got Adrian Boucher and Ahmed Hashimi, who aren't exactly household names, but they do very good with, like I say, £13,000 of minimal budget, and it, it just works. So that was my number nine pick, Predator Dark Ages. Moving mm-hmm. right along, number eight, not to be confused with Batman and Robin. This is Batman versus Robin. This is a direct-to-DVD oh. Release uh, directed by Jay Oliver, who also did Batman and Dark Knight Returns. Excellent. Um, really explores the connections between parent and child, hero and sidekick, uh, betrayal and loyalty. Just brilliant animation overall. Uh, number seven, Mr. Holmes. Sophisticated mm-hmm. storytelling straight from the heart with Ian McKellen just nailing it as very vulnerable yet perceptive Sherlock Holmes. Um, couldn't be happier with the way he played that role, that iconic role. Number six, uh, again, quite a small picture, um, Pressure. And that film stars Danny Houston, Matthew Good, uh, J. Cole, and Alan McKenna. And it's basically oh. about a four-man saturation diving team in the Indian Ocean who are cut off from the surface 
and they have to try to work their way out of this situation. Uh, it, the, the last stunt in the film, I thought, deserved its own making of chapter. It was so well done. Very, very impressive. At one point, that was my favourite film of the year, but as, as the months went by, it gradually worked its way a little bit down the list, so it's more towards like, the middle. Uh, moving right along, number five, again, another one that wasn't quite well received critically or commercially, Black Hat. Michael Mann, back on form. I'm a huge Michael Mann fan anyway, with the exception of Miami Vice, which I didn't like. Um, there's far less sightseeing and more of the smart story sense, which he delivered in his 1990s films like Heat and The Insider. Uh, emotionally, far more level-headed than, than um, what, he's no, what he normally does. Um, again, he, he tends to be quite very intellectual in his approach, but I highly recommend that one, Black Hat. Number four... Now, this one was a roller coaster, Mad Max Fury Road. Just mm. before the show started, I was reading up on, because the director's wife, George Miller, his wife, Margaret Sixel, I think that's how you pronounce her name, worked through like something like 450 hours of footage to get them, mm. that down to like two hours. Amazing. And uh, just this mm. incredible filmmaking and storytelling there. So number four, that was uh, Mad Max Fury Road. Number three, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. I think probably the best of the Mission Impossibles to date. And I was very impressed with the one that went before Ghost Protocol. I uh, can't wait to see what they do next. Apparently, Tom Cruise is going to be is, is working on number six um, or is <laughs> developing it. So uh, there's that one. Number two, this is uh, Ex Machina, science fiction mm-hmm. from Alex Garland. Very, very impressed. Reveals what I think... Cinema is kind of lost in general, which is this intellectual, emotional experience that really depends on what you bring to it. Uh, for those that really take the leap, you'll find originality, wit, charm, and imagination. It's just, just brilliant. And then my number one pick, I have seen probably every Arnold Schwarzenegger film, but nothing quite like Maggie. That was my number one pick. That film moved me more than any other film in 2015, it made me believe that love can transcend prejudice and disease. And that's what I took from it. That's my top ten. Wow. That is a fascinating list. And, you know, Richard, the uh, release dates for films are so different from over here across the pond. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So um, you you had... I don't think there's one film on this, on your list that uh, James had on on his list, and uh, there are several that you mentioned that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Black Hat, Pressure, Batman versus Robin, Predator. I have, by the unfortunately, seen Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that for Christmas, actually. <laughs> yeah, James and I, James and I have a little have a little interaction about uh, Shades of Grey when when we were talking. I think I'm, I've told you this story before, but don't stop me. I'll tell tell it again. <laughs> I, I sent James a copy of. Uh, it had to be us. I told him I was sending him him a copy of right. It Had to Be Us, which you know is the little romantic memoir that Larry and I wrote under the pen names of mm-hmm. Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence, published mm-hmm. originally by Diana Sanger's publishing company, Sands Incorporated. <laughs> Thank you, Diana. And so uh, James asked me, and I think this was on. I think this was on the air, and he said, "Oh, is that going to be like Fifty Shades of Grey?" And I said, no, no, it's more like Fifty Shades of Grey Hair. (laughs) That's great. That's wonderful. Richard's Richard's list is Maggie, Ex Machina, Mission Impossible, Mad Max, uh, Fury Road, Black Hat, Pressure, Mr. Holmes, Batman vs. Robin, Predator, Dark Ages, and uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. And now it's Diana's turn. Do you have any um, similarities, uh, anything similar on your list of ten best movies of 2015, Diana? I don't think we have one match. (laughs) 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 Some of those I I haven't seen. Um, Yeah, I guess it must be 
different timing, like Betty Jo said, of you know when they show mm-hmm. things. They sound right. interesting, some of them. Yes. Um, my list is Concussion, Brooklyn, Love and Mercy, mm-hmm. Trumbo, Bridge of Spies, In the Heart of the Sea, which I wish we'd seen before we voted, um, mm-hmm. The Danish Girl, Spotlight, Woodlawn, and The Big Short. And I have two runners-up, McFarlane and The Hateful Eight. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, uh, is there a, a particular reason for each of the each of these films that um, that you'd like to tell us? Why do you have concussion? You know, it's a oh, movie really? that I didn't think I'd be interested in at all. I mean, I knew what was going on, you know, with the concussion things and and all the football and the players and everything. But not until I saw a trailer with Will Smith did I say, "Wow." Not only did he not even look like Will Smith, he had this amazing accent that was so real that, you know, I wanted to watch it. So I not only watched it once, I've seen it three times. And it's just done so well, and it's so vibrant right now in what's happening across the United States that anybody who sees it cannot close their eyes and say, this isn't happening, because it is. So it's also entertaining, but very, very important. I agree, and that is on my honorable mention list. And you have have Brooklyn as Brooklyn. Uh, when I watched Brooklyn, it was so sweet. I said in the audience, I said, "Oh my gosh, this is so cute. No one will ever vote for it." And then when I started looking through the other critics' awards, it was getting like best film, best actress, best cinematography, and I'm going, "Holy moly!" And I just looked yesterday, and it's rated number five on Rotten Tomatoes. For the best film of the year, who would have thought? Great! <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I'm so happy. That is good news for for me because that is my number number one uh, film. And Love and Mercy, what did you like about that? Oh, I just loved it all. It just took me back to that time. I was in a band. I played drums. Went really? all over, oh no! Oh, all no, over I'm San so Diego. Jealous. So it was so oh. close to my heart, and I just love Paul Dano. I mean, whatever movie he's in, I want to see it because he's so good. He's so good. And and uh, in case our listeners don't know, what is uh, what uh, type of music is in Love and and uh, Mercy? And um, well, the Beach Boy music. The Beach Boys. Surf all USA, right. Yeah. All those. Yeah, that was... All those wonderful songs. And Trumbo, you like that because of Brian Cranston or some other reason? You know, just the name, I had no clue what it was, and I I really thought I didn't want to see it, and, and then people kept talking about it, and so when we got the screener, I watched it. And because I have the classic movie site, I'm thinking, how come I didn't know more about him? Oh, my goodness, he was an amazing man. And what I really loved about the movie was the the way they – they filmed it and the cinematography because not only did we get to see today's actors playing parts of these movies, but then they would show the clips of the original ones where you would see um, all the original actors in the same film. So it was not only entertaining and surprising, but historically it was just great. And that's the story of uh, the screenwriter Dalton Trumbo, who who was on the blacklist and uh, wasn't able to uh, to work uh, because of uh, uh, being uh, mentioned as a as a communist in front of the McCarthy committee, and uh, then he had to write write screenplays under a different name for many years until he got back into the into the uh, group, and um, I I remember. All, a lot of that happening, and then the news about it, and and uh, Spartacus. I mean, he he even wrote Spartacus, which is you know was a great movie. Yes, that I I thought that was a that was a very good movie. And then you have Bridge of Spies. Well, it's very hard to keep off a, uh, a Steven Spielberg Tom Hanks movie off of your list, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Although I was surprised, it's it's like a way down there on the Rotten Tomatoes, like twenty nine or something for best films of the year. But um, you know, some people think just because it's another Tom Hanks film that it's going to be you know standard quo, and and it's not. I mean, he's such a 
every man, just like, you know, um, Jack Lemmon. I mean, he can play anything, and I think Tom Hanks is our character, that of today. But the story, um, you know, most of us knew about it, heard about it, but to actually see it unfold in front of your face, it's um, quite different. And Mark Rylance, who played the Soviet spy, is just incredible. I mean, I watch him in all these MasterChef things. He's in, you know, the Henry VIII and yes. um, the, the Dylan Girls and just everything, and he's such a good actor. So just you just he almost hypnotizes you. It very was a good very uh, compelling film, I think, the, the Bridge of Sighs. And In the Heat of, In the Heart of the Sea, which um, I haven't seen yet. I think that's the only one on your list except Woodlawn that I haven't seen. But the uh, previews are amazing for that movie. Yes, it's uh, it's very intense, very intense. And, um, you know, I... I had heard about it, but my conception of what it was going to be was totally different than what it really turned out to be. So I was surprised. <laughs> but um, I hope it has a long run so I can get over and see it. We didn't get a screener for that. Now, now the Danish girl. Did you um, were you impressed with Eddie Redmayne the same as uh, James uh, mentioned? Yes, I mean Eddie Redmayne. He could do anything. He's he's um, he's so good, and and it's not only just him. I mean, I think he deserves Academy nomination again, but the film itself was just beautiful. I mean, you know, it was a lot about art and costume and and the lighting and all those art things was just brilliant and it just lit up and just just um, you know, working with um Alicia Van Dan- Van Kander, um you could just feel that they were a real couple that no matter what happened, they were there for each other and and then the whole story of the true story of what it was all about was also interesting because that was history that we didn't know about. I it actually happened. It. it actually yeah. happened. Yeah, yeah, quite an incredible movie. Now, and then you have Spotlight on your on your list. I noticed that the National um, Society of Film Critics just voted Spotlight as the best picture of the year. Tell tell us a little bit about uh, why that's on your list. Well, I saw that yesterday, too, and I thought, really? Best picture of the year? I'm not so sure about that. <laughs> but um, it, 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 you know, went back to the same thing. You know, what ha- what really happened in 08? Why, why you know, and with and with all these, you know, preachers and everything, and, and, and as you just heard more and more about it and more was revealed, it was like, oh, that's the wrong movie I'm talking about. The big short was the financial thing. Right. <laughs> uh, which one are we talking about? You, Spotlight or been, the Big Short? You've been watching Spotlight too many movies. Spotlight. I know. I do too. I'm, I'm trying. I'm getting them mixed up. I I know what. Well, you you have the you have the uh, you have the Big Short on your on your list. So you were telling us about that. So what? And Spotlight, uh, I think, had to do with the, um, the uh, investigation into to yeah. the uh, the, the priest. Yeah, it had a great ensemble cast. I mean, you know, and, and you was. just kept thinking, when's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? So the, the drama is building the whole time you're watching it. You know, it's like how many years do they have to go through this before it's, you know, out there? And um, so that was good to see, too. Yeah, it was suspenseful, I thought, uh, definitely suspenseful. And you have Woodlawn, which I've never heard about. Uh, what is, What is that movie about? Woodlawn is a true story of um, a high school football team in 1973, Birmingham, Alabama, that was in the middle of a civil rights protest. And so, you know, they had white white uh, kids and, and um, black kids on the football team, and they were always fighting and bullying and putting, putting each other down. And um, finally this one guy came to town one day, and he told the coach what they needed to do was to – um, learn Christianity and what, what God would want them to do. And um, it's just this intense story of how it changes one guy's life. He was the main running back, Tony Nathan, and he's a, he's today he, he's still a football player for one of the big teams um, since he grew up. But, but um, learning what happened in this school, what, 
which went so far that the coach even got fired because he became a Christian and was it changed the whole school though the whole entire school changed their attitude towards race and it was it's just wonderful I'm going to put that on my on my list and so Diana's list concussion Brooklyn love and mercy Trumbo bridge of spies in the heart of the sea the danish girl spotlight woodlawn and the big short so Diana you have um uh something in common with um with James List, you have uh, he has the uh, concussion, and no, he doesn't have a concussion, but he has a concussion on his list, and <laughs> you do on yours. <laughs> and Trumbo, you have Trumbo, and he has uh, Trumbo. You have Spotlight, and he has uh, Spotlight. So, uh, so we have some some similarities there. And um, my uh, my list, uh, of course, this is this is just based on. Um, all these ten movies are the movies that I would most like to see over and over and over again, and I do pick them because mostly entertainment uh, value. But uh, you and I think alike about two movies. My uh, favorite movie of the year is Brooklyn, Diana, and also I, I really enjoyed The Danish Girl. Now, uh, Brooklyn is number one, so that has preference, but the rest of my my uh, list are not in any particular order i mean they're all they're all equal, but Brooklyn is special. I think it's just a, a treasure, and I think the reason people are liking it so much is because it reminds. Uh, it reminds them of uh, those uh, classic, you, and you know all about this, you and Jim, these classic movie gems from the past where they emphasize uh, character development and good storytelling. And that's right. what what Brooklyn has. There's, no, there's nothing uh, slice and dice about it. There's no special effects. There's no car chases. <laughs> it's just <laughs> no drugs, character development. No, no explosions. Yeah. What I like about it is it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, which you don't actually find yourself. (laughs) It actually did, and it it told such a uh, oh a spellbinding story about the immigration experience of of this young woman who comes to Brooklyn from Ireland in the 1950s, and uh, Cherche, however you pronounce it, Cherche Ronan. She is just uh, just absolutely perfect in the in the role, and I don't know about you, but I I just felt like I was going through everything right along with her, and uh, she just did that character perfectly. So Brooklyn and and uh, the rest of these, um, I have number two on my list, but it's just you know because it came to mind. Minions, I've been under a minion spell. Ever since watching that first Despicable Me, and this was definitely a musical. <laughs> you know I like it because it's a musical. It's Back, a musical. Backing up all the funny antics by those <laughs> little yellow creatures is one of the best soundtracks ever. Now, you pay attention to this, Richard, because you're into soundtracks. And the musical numbers are as cute as can be. In fact, some critics believe that the soundtrack is even better than the movie, but I disagree. The movie and the soundtrack go together like macaroni and cheese, and that's uh, <laughs> a very satis- satisfying dish. But you got music from the Beatles, the Who, the Rolling Stones, I mean, you name it, and there's, there's, uh, there's some music uh, by them, and, and very well uh, in, uh, incorporated into the movie. And then A Little Chaos is on my list. It's a special period movie treat, which I don't think many people saw, but it just has so many lovely scenes. And Kate Winslet is at her best as this um, landscape artist. Uh, King Louis the Fourteenth wants her to um, create a special garden for his uh, palace. And King Louis the Fourteenth is played by the always watchable Alan Rickman, who also directed the film. And I, I'll bet um, you haven't seen it, Diana, and you haven't seen it, James, no, and you I haven't seen it, Richard. No, I haven't. No, oh my no. God. And Alan Rickman is one of my favorites. 
Well, he directed it. He plays the. Uh, the I just don't know what happened with that film and why why it just fell through the, you know, through the cracks. And and I I think it's being shown on uh, on demand, you know, video on demand. And uh, it, it probably is out on DVD now. So it would be one to put on your list. And then of course I loved 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 Cinderella. I thought it was given sort of a Shakespearean touch. Directed by Kenneth Branagh, and the special effects in this movie really, really got to me. That magnificent royal ball scene took my breath away. So I was really, really happy with Cinderella. The next one you probably haven't seen this one, but maybe you have because somebody in the San Diego Film Critics Society, um, I believe, nominated it for one of the categories. White God. This is a Swedish film. And it's one of the best revenge movies ever made. It tells the story of what terrible things can happen when anyone interferes with the relationship between a girl and her dog. Now, <laughs> did any of you see that? No. No. All right. <laughs> Put that on your list. <laughs> but I am going to now. <laughs> You've got one oh, on us it, there. Yeah. It's terrific. It's ter- and then the Danish girl, of course, which we've already talked talked about. And uh, I've absolutely uh, laughed from beginning to end on this next movie, Spy. Women take over the spy game. (laughs) It's just a (laughs) hilarious spoof of James Bond movies. Something funny happens in practically every scene, thanks to Melissa McCarthy and Rose Byrne and Jason Statham. And that Jason Statham, you've never seen him like that. He He was a comic riot. And, of course, Jude Law was there, and uh, the, the writer-director, Paul Fegg, did such a great job with it. And then this one, I bet you haven't seen, Strange Magic. It's one of the most delightful animated musicals I've ever seen. It had great songs, a fun story inspired by Shakespeare's A Midsummer Night's Dream, and fascinating animation. And the film reminds us that everyone needs love, no matter the, the size, shape, or color of their skin. And there's a great soundtrack. Richard, in Strange Magic. Every love song that you can think of is being sung by the characters in this. Wow. And just there's no hardly any time when there's not a a musical number being sung or danced to or portrayed uh, delightfully uh, in Strange Magic. Danny Collins, that's on my list because I thought Al Pacino and Annette Bening created such fun chemistry together. I want to see them together. And I love the way the film uh, emphasized a, uh, a man's uh, fearless search for redemption. Now, you have to admit that he really did work hard to, for redemption. And yes, I still smile whenever I think of how well uh, Pacino pulled off playing a famous singer. And we've talked about this movie before, I think, uh, on the show, so I don't need to say any more about it. And then The Martian, which is... Uh, I, I hear it's James Colt Harrison's favorite comedy of the year, <laughs> which I didn't think it was a comedy. But, but dear listeners, it has been nominated as a musical or comedy best picture by the Golden by the Golden Globes. I think they just wanted to get that to to get that in there. So those are my my top ten. And let's see what we have in agreement. We have ev- three people with Brooklyn on their list, James and uh, Diana and me. And we have three people with the Danish girl, and that's the same, James uh, and Diana and me. And, Richard, that's because you haven't, these haven't been released. They would probably have been on your list. We have uh, two people who uh, picked Spotlight, two people who picked Discussion, two people who picked Trumbo, and two people who picked the the Martian. So we do have some similarities here, and it looks like then um, we would we would say that uh, out of these lists that we have sort of uh, are giving honors to Brooklyn, the Danish Girl, Trumbo, the Martian, Concussion, and Spotlight. Does that does that sound right right to you, Diana? Um, I w- I was I made a lot of notes here, but I can't read them. 
<laughs> so we're all so you're the captain of the team. If that's what it is, that's what it is. <laughs> I think so. I, I I tried to be careful in my in my in my counting here. But I wouldn't be surprised if those six movies um show up on the ten the ten Oscar nom- nominated movies. I think maybe they will. And I also think uh Richard that uh, you're Mad Max and Ex Machina. By the way, Ex Machina is on my honor, honorable mention list. Will probably right. be on the. Uh, will probably be on that list too. Do you have any um, idea, Richard? What uh, uh, do you have any idea about any of the films that you have on your list showing up? as uh, Oscar nominees? Well, I, I hope that Mad Max Fury Road uh, gets in, as long as it's not too hip for the Academy. I mean, I really sort of wouldn't like it too much if it just ended up being nominated for makeup or sound editing, but that does happen sometimes. Um, uh, other than that, really, I, 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 no, I, I don't think anything else on my list would be a Best, best Picture contender. Um, I, I, my honourable mention list that did include... Inside Out, which I think has a really good shot of being nominated for Best Picture, but you'll probably just have to make do with the Best Animated Feature if it gets nominated. I should imagine it would be it would be nominated for that if not Best Picture. But uh, yeah, I would say of the ten, Mad Max Fury Road has got the best chance of, the, of a nominee. Yeah, I don't think it's going to win. Yeah, that um, I see that on a lot of people's uh, top ten list. Um, in, inside Out. Uh, James, what are your uh, predictions as to any of these films that we've mentioned being um, on the list of the Oscar-nominated Best Pictures? Well, uh, uh, the San Diego Film Critics Society actually did pick Mad Max as best film, and a lot yes. of uh, critic groups around the country have picked it uh, on their list as well. So it's getting a lot of good buzz, and I think it probably will make the list of uh, Oscar contenders, most likely in the editing, because uh, it's a, a, a very difficult job, apparently, to put all that together, and I think Richard mentioned that. Um, yes. Yeah, I think and, you're uh, right. I think it will definitely be on the on the top ten um, best uh, picture nominees. Yeah, I I I do hope that Trumbo is uh, mentioned with Brian Cranston. I hope he gets an Oscar nomination because I thought he's on the screen every, every second of the movie. He, he he's just riveting, marvelous, and uh, John Goodman has a good chance of being nominated for best supporting actor in that movie as the old-time movie mogul. He's very good in that. And yes, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I think the Danish girl might squeak through and get a nod for Eddie Redmayne. He's so marvelous. He's so young, and he's so good. And I think he has such a terrific future ahead of him as well because he certainly started out with a bang. <laughs> That's for sure. That, that is definitely for sure. Yeah, don't forget he was in Les Mis, too, before that, singing and dancing. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, he was pretty good in that, too. Yeah. Diana, what what do you think uh, about uh, this question that we're talking about, uh, any of the films that we've been talking, that we have on our list showing up as uh, nominations by the uh, Academy for this year? Well, you know, it's very interesting, the whole voting process, because the country's critics groups vote first and it always seems that the golden globes would you know jump on top of many of those that we did this year like i said they came out earlier than usual um and then it's kind of like the academy it goes kind of along with golden globes so it, it's kind of written out there i think that some you know like maybe all those six or most of them i think are going to find places do we know yet if they're doing five or ten movies this year or nine, or whatever. No, I haven't heard. I, I, you know, some sometimes they do five, sometimes they do ten, but anywhere from uh, from five to ten, yeah. 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 I guess it depends on 
the way the vote goes, I mean, um, they have to get a certain, you know, like a first place, second place by, yeah. and then, because wasn't, weren't there eight last year? Eight or That's nine right. last year. So I guess Probably until. Probably about nine this year. Yeah. So maybe, who, could, could who be knows? Nine. Yeah, who knows on that? That's my guess. Um, <laughs> I'm just hoping that Brooklyn is on there. That's that's the one I'm I'm pushing for, and I think it, it will. It will it be, especially should, after yeah. what Diana said about it being number five on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. It had a 98% uh, rating the day it opened, and that just about blew me off my chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but exactly. you know, what the public likes isn't necessarily what the Academy will Very, very true. Through. You know, they often go off the deep end and pick something else that you never dreamed about. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I, I'm not gonna, you know, be absolutely sure on that. And uh, it's kind of fun to be surprised, but I, that won't be fun if the surprise is that Brooklyn doesn't make it on the list. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> very <laughs> missed. <laughs> <laughs> very missed about that. Even though it's not a musical. I mean, it's not a musical, you know, no. Not a musical. That's the only way it could have been better. <laughs> they could turn it into okay. a musical for the stage. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we go to the uh, other extreme here and talk about the films last year that were the most disappointing uh, t- to you. Uh, do you want to start on that, Richard? What What did you see that was most disappointing and uh, Why? Before I get to the the Hall of Shame, the number one worst film of the year, um, I had such high hopes for there's a couple of Jason Clarke movies which I was really looking forward to seeing. I think I remember emailing you um, a couple of times earlier last year about Terminator Genesis and especially Everest, and I was disappointed in those. But the the, the film which I found most disappointing, actually didn't have a theatrical release, it was straight to DVD, was Tremors 5 Bloodlines, which I've reviewed for Real Talk. Um, I think with that one, the character that Michael Gross plays, Burt Gummer, has truly run out of ammo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, well, that was... Uh, I, I didn't see that, so I, I can't uh, say whether, whether you're right or not about that. But, of course, there's no right or wrong answer. These movies are so uh, personal. What about you, Diana? Mm-hmm. Any films that disappointed you and uh, that you'd uh, oh, yes. care to share? Oh, yes. Number one, By the Sea. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Oh, my goodness. It was a oh, personal right. photo shoot for Angelina Jolie as she <laughs> sat in the chair in her gown, laid on the bed in her gown, sat outside in her gown. They hated each other. They peep through the walls at other people having sex, but they couldn't have it themselves. It was the most stupidest thing I ever saw. <laughs> How do you really feel about By the Sea? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, that was that was pretty a pretty horrible experience to sit through that Absolutely. movie. <laughs> and not far um, behind it was our brand is Crisis. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bullock. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> what was that about? Oh, that was about them being in, I think, was it Cuba? During She was a PR person for politicians. And she was an alcoholic before she supposedly got better, but she looked like an alcoholic through the whole movie. She didn't make <laughs> sense at all. <laughs> they they well, uh, put her against um, Billy Bob Thornton. He was an opposing PR person, and it was just didn't make sense. Well, Did you I see thought that the one, preview. Richard? Did you see that one, Richard? Uh, um, what, our brand is Crisis? No, uh-huh. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. No, I haven't seen that. <laughs> I saw the preview. That was enough. Especially was seeing enough. <laughs> Sandra Bullock uh, mooning people out of the yes. car window. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> that was kind of bad. Did you see that, James? Unfortunately, I did. And I thought, oh, poor Sandra, her career is over. It was so oh, awful, just awful. But but my favorite awful movie was By the Sea. That was 
Oh, that was the most hideous movie I've ever seen in my life. It was as slow as frozen molasses. <laughs> the, 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 the thing I liked the best were her negligees, and I have to give kudos to the costume designer because her her gowns and her negligees were beautiful, and that was worth looking at. And I thought the cinematography was good, but the story and the... Uh, Brad Pitt playing an alcoholic writer is yeah, it's gonna drive me to drink, I think, now that I've seen that movie. <laughs> and I've never touched a drop. <laughs> well, I I didn't I I thought it was it was pretty horrible too and, and I really, really enjoy Angelina Jolie, so you know, I'm gonna give her a pass on that and just hope that she snaps out snaps out of it and uh but I I had this, uh, I had the uh, unfortunate, (laughs) I mean misfortune, to see a romantic comedy called Playing It Cool with uh, Chris Evans and Michelle Monaghan. And I I really like both of those uh, actors. And I really enjoy romantic comedies. And so I went in uh, with high expectations, expecting something like 500 uh, days of summer, and instead I got fool's gold. <laughs> it was the, one of the worst <laughs> romantic comedies I have ever seen, and it's about what this happened? writer. <laughs> it's about this uh, this uh, writer who screenwriter who was uh, given the assignment of writing a romantic comedy. And he didn't want to take the assignment, but he would. Um, uh, he had to do that in order to get, you know, writing an action movie. It was something like that. So, so anyway, uh, this movie turned out to be, you know, probably <laughs> something like he would have written because he didn't know how to write a romantic comedy. It was really, really <laughs> bad. And then, I'm sorry to. It was just I don't know. It it was just so bad. It might have gone straight to DVD. I'm, I'm not Never sure. Never heard even, of it. Even yeah. it may. It's called Playing It Cool. And uh, Serena is is kind of uh, that same sort of thing for me. Here's Jennifer Lawrence and um, Bradley Cooper. Oh, they just have such great screen charisma together usually. And in this. It was the most overwrought melodrama that you could ever want to see. They looked beautiful. They looked gorgeous. I think uh, the filmmakers were trying to make this look sort of like a, a Red Butler, Scarlett O'Hara kind of relationship, and it didn't come off that way at all. And then this one you're not going to like, Diana, and I'm probably going to get hate mail for this because I've become. Right now. <laughs> I'm going to be uh I'm I'm a hater now. I am a hater and uh, I hated the hateful eight. <laughs> I really hated it. I am so sorry that I saw that movie and I have enjoyed Quentin Tarantino's movies every one of his yeah. movies. So I had high expectations and of course my husband um, just thinks that Quentin Tarantino was the best director that there ever was. Yeah. So, so we have not been a very, a very happy couple here the last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> the hateful, the hateful eight. I think this is a good, a good place to hear um, a couple of um, brief messages from two loyal listeners. Hi, comedian Nancy Lombardo here, host of Comedy Concepts Blog Talk Radio. And when I need my movie fix, you'll know where I'll be found. That's right, every Tuesday at 4 p.m., listening to Betty Jo Tucker on Movie Attic Headquarters Blog Talk Radio. Show me the funny, Betty, show me the funny! You're listening to... Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker. She's the real deal in what's happening on film. And if you're not real careful, you might hear the confessions of a movie attic. So get your popcorn and stay right there in your seat for Movie Attic Headquarters. And now back to our feature. Thanks to Steve and Nancy for those fun promos. As 
Most of you know Nancy is the hilarious host of Comedy Concepts, which airs on Monday and Friday mornings at 10.30 Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. It's always such a fun show, and Nancy has been in our chat room from um, the beginning of the show. Thank you, Nancy, for joining us. And um, also... Don't forget to check out the Mom and Pop Shop show on Dreamstream Radio each Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. It's very entertaining, of course, um, because the host is none other than Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger, and he's a pal of James and Diana's. And let's not forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network, which is aired now on Mixler. That's M-I-X-L-R. There's something for everyone in the Wacko wheelhouse. I did want to spend a little more time talking about the uh, the best performances of the year. So, um, Richard, do you have um, one or two actors that you'd like to uh, put in the uh, in the uh, in the uh, running for best performances of the year? I do indeed, and they are both in the same film. Uh, actually, my favorite film of the year. Um, like I say, I was so impressed with what Arnold Schwarzenegger did. In Megan also was impressed a couple of years ago what he did in Escape Plan. It wasn't a very well-rated film as Maggie wasn't, but Abigail Breslin and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. I was just there's a scene towards the end. I won't reveal any spoilers or anything, but it was one of the most moving scenes I've ever watched. And uh, I know uh-huh. there's no hope of them being nominated, but I just wanted to give a shout out to that particular film and those performances because I well, was very very impressed. Good for you. I'm going to have to check that out. And how about you, Diana? Best performances of the year. Um, I think Will Smith for Concussion, Ready Raymond for The Danish Girl, and um, oh, Jennifer Jason Leigh for The Hateful Eight. I've never seen an actress in my life go through the torture that girl went through. <laughs> As I was walking out of the theater, I said, oh, my goodness, she deserves an Academy Award. And everybody that saw it in our critics group said, you got that one right. (laughs) Well, that's certainly what she had to put up with was certainly disturbing, and that was kind of what turned me me off completely. How about you, James, best performances? Oh, I, I loved Brian Cranston in Trumbo. I thought he was marvelous. And, of course, my lovely Kate Blanchett in Carol is my female pick. Yeah, lovely. You really do love her, don't you? Oh, you I do love her, yes. <laughs> I do. We I know do. that. She's marvelous. She's just so elegant and delicious. <laughs> yeah, she is She is very, very good indeed. And there yeah. were so many, so many uh, performances that were just splendid during 2000. Fifteen, but I especially loved the uh, uh, Shorsha Ronan in Brooklyn, and uh, I I liked everyone in Spy, <laughs> and I mentioned that mm-hmm. in Al Pacino. I liked uh, I was very impressed with the Leonardo DiCaprio in the in The Revenant, and and I'm with Diana Will Smith in uh, Concussion, and uh, Idris Elba in uh, Beasts of, of No Nation. I didn't even realize that that was him. He did he did such a, a great job. Well, I can't believe that we're almost out of time here, and we haven't had a chance to talk about your favorite movie scene. And um, I'm just going to toss in Wild uh, White God again because the ending of that movie I can't even talk about, but it is so breathtaking that um, if you haven't seen the movie. Uh, I don't want to spoil it for you, but uh, I, I just hope that that all three of you will will be able to see Wild Dog. Is there anything else that uh, you would like to say about uh, the uh, movies of 2015, or maybe a project that you're that you're working on? Uh, how about you, James? Uh, I I just would like to say that there were a lot of good films last year. And I could mention a lot of actors that I thought were great. I thought Tom Hardy was terrific in Legend, playing two parts, parts of uh, twins, one gay and one straight, and it was terrific in in both parts. And um, Matt Damon, I thought, was wonderful in The Martian. And uh, Leonardo, of course, I love him. He's great in everything. And Will Smith, 
uh, a revelation, really, in concussion. He's marvelous. I, I agree. And how about you, Diana? Any any last uh, words of, about the uh, movies of 2015? Um, I agree with most of those, and uh, also in The Danish Girl was Alicia Van... Vikander. Vikander. Yeah. She was amazing, I think. And... Um, who else? Oh, and Paul Dano, Love and oh, Mercy. Oh, yeah. I wanted oh, to yeah. mention him, too. Yes, I, I think Paul Dano is just a marvelous actor, and he doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. He and doesn't. So I, I mean, yeah, I agree with he, you, Diana. Every movie he's in, he's the heart of it, and he's yeah. heart and soul in it, and you just believe Great. that he's that character. And most of them aren't good characters. <laughs> no, exactly. Always, exactly. always plays it. You can always depend on him. And how about you, Richard? Uh, uh, Some last words for us about 2015 films. I thought Jason Statham in Spy was fantastic, especially in the hotel scene where he talks about some of his skills (laughs) as an agent, jumping out of a high-rise, using a raincoat as a parachute uh, during an assassination (laughs) attempt, having to appear convincingly in front of Congress as Barack Obama. Oh, so funny. Thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing up that uh, that scene. And Jason Statham, I'll, I'll definitely agree with you. Well, I, sorry to say our time is almost up. And even though we extended it to 60 minutes, I want to thank Diana, Richard, and James for being such terrific guests again today. Here's a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for their support and to Nikki Starr, our producer, for her moral support. Special thanks to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in. We hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time for another lively discussion about movies. And in the meantime, don't forget to check our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. That's all for now, folks, because this is our first show of the year. Let's call on Brian Ferry to take us out with one of the greatest movie tunes of all time. It's from Casablanca. A top ten movie for sure, way back in 1942. I think you'll recognize it. Have a very happy new year, everyone. You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A size just a size The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers move They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of day Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one It's still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time goes by Thank you.